All right. Hi, hello, everyone. We're back with another episode of the Fuck You Mentality. Um, but this guest today, this is kind of a really cool situation because this particular person, she actually, she reached out to me. She heard the podcast and she was like, oh my gosh, like I love your podcast. It's really cool. But the plot twist about it is I've actually been following this person for the last four and a half, five years. Um, I have looked up to her. I've loved her. Co- I've always loved her content. I've always just kind of been drawn to her just because of her authenticity and just the way that she curates content. Um, we were kind of talking before this podcast started that we both started in the industry kind of at the same time. And we also evolved together. And it's kind of cool to see where she's at and where I'm at. We are two different parts of our careers, but I've always followed her for the last freaking eons. Um, and it's, again, it's just such an honor that this person even reached out to me and that she wanted to be on the podcast. Um, and honestly, guys, I really, I really encourage you to, to stop whatever is it, whatever it is that you're doing. This, this, this episode is not going to be background noise. Um, this creator, influencer, whatever you want to call her, uh, she is here to be vulnerable. She's here to talk about things, talk about her truth. Um, and it's really exciting when somebody that A, I look up to and B, does have such a large platform is willing to be this vulnerable. So guys, again, if you are kind of using this as background noise, I highly suggest you don't and you actually take a listen. So without further ado, I'm going to have them introduce themselves. Who are you? What are we doing? And what what's going on today? So my name is Samantha Harmon and I am at Samantha's Beauty Confessions on Instagram. I know everybody kind of knows each other as their Instagram handle, but yeah, I, I was listening to your podcast um, and just like, I came to an episode about I think it was like about your childhood or maybe like a little bit of your story and it really resonated with me. And so I was like, Oh my gosh, like small world, we have this in common. And yeah, so that's how, that's how we're here today. And I'm, I'm really, really big on, on sharing like the not so curated side of our lives, you know, because it, if it can help one person out there, when I share my story or like my struggles, then to me, that's, that's all that I want is to just like make a change in someone's life and let them know, you know, that they're not alone when they're, when they're going through some stuff. So I'm really excited to share it today. Well, yeah, guys, cats out of the freaking bag. This is who it is. <laughs> um, so Samantha, you are, you're a hairstylist, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so what, what in particular, like besides like listening to that podcast, but what in particular really kind of like, I don't want to say struck a nerve, but really kind of in, in like wanted you to talk about this. So I, I filmed a video. Um, I want to say like a year and a half ago that I had been like working on through my healing journey. Um, during COVID, I like the lockdown, I hired somebody to work with me and kind of, I don't know, go through and heal like little by little. Um, and they encouraged me to film a, I don't know, like a power piece, I guess, um, to share and get it out there, which it was the first time I'd ever done that. And, you know, I was terrified, but the response I got from it was, um, it was crazy. Like so many people reached out and told me that, you know, it helped them in one way or another. And I don't know, it just, it showed me that vulnerability is such a beautiful thing. And I think that we're brought up to, to feel like we can't share that side of ourselves, but I'm really glad to see like that shift in not just the hair industry, but just the world in general right now. Um, I'm also, I write notes whenever I do my podcast. So just letting you know. Okay. Um, so basically what happened is you, you caught yourself being vulnerable and then you saw the response and then mm-hmm. it kind of like lit a fire in your ass. Mm-hmm. Um, if that's not one thing that I preach about, I don't know what else to take away from my podcast. You know, my favorite phrase is human connection creates or human vulnerability craves human connection and human connection craves human vulnerability. And I think the number one qualm that I have with social media, and I mean, I'm sure you can understand this too, like being raised in the social media world is social media is very easily used as a facade and it's very easily used as this mask, this thing that really isn't you because people glorify, you know, these, this way of life and there's nothing wrong with that, but unfortunately it does put those who maybe are struggling or maybe who crave human connection or whatever the case would be in this, in this weird bubble 
that they almost don't feel like they fit in or they end up hating social media or they, it just, it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And I too am really glad that slowly over evolution of social media that we have started finally using the platforms for what they're supposed to be used for, which is being vulnerable and kind of showing people success and how they can be successful or how can they do hair or how can they tie a knot or like, how can they, you know, just be a a real person. Um, But the first step it takes is the creators, us to be vulnerable enough to be like, Hey, you know, I've got some fucked up shit going on in my life. And it's helped me mold where I am now. And it helps me curate the content that you guys love. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And for me, I don't know about you, but for me, like, um, I don't know. I I think it's just maybe our parents' generation, maybe they weren't so like big on the mental health. Like it was more like thought of as weakness back then and, you know, things evolve and all of that. But I think as kids of that generation, um, those things stuck with us, like, you know, don't let them see you cry or just dust it off. And, you know, you're stronger than that, whatever. And you're so right about like the, the facade on social media. You never really know what's going on behind the screen and in these people's personal lives. And I think I know for me that it wasn't until I was so broken down that I couldn't put on a facade anymore that I was just turning to anybody and everybody that would talk to me. Um, because I needed help and I was desperate and looking back, I'm just so thankful that, that I got to that point. Cause look, you know, it's helped me help so many people. Mm-hmm. And I think once people realize, you know, when you have reached kind of like rock bottom and you are like, fuck, I need help. Yeah. They realize how much more of a fruitful relationship that they get with themselves and with other people when they finally just let go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I just recorded an, a mini episode. It, it won't launch for a couple of weeks, but it's a, it's about self-discipline comes from acceptance. Mm-hmm. People always ask like, how do you discipline yourself enough to post or like be social, whatever. And it's like, well, you have to accept yourself for who you are. You know, you have to love yourself for who you are and every nook and cranny of it. Mm-hmm. So if there are times where you want to be vulnerable in you know, talk about a side of you that isn't necessarily related to like what you post normally, you have to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If it's on your heart like that, like there's a reason, right? There's a reason it has to come out. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, like before I released that piece, um, it's on my YouTube, it's like a 20 minute video, but before I released it, I was like about to throw up, like up until that point in my life, I had this exterior that seemed so strong and wanted to show like a perfect life, quote unquote. Um, but newsflash to anyone listening, there is no perfect life. And, um, you know, I, I just, I can't imagine now looking back, like, I don't even know who I was before I accepted myself. Cause that's exactly what it is. Like I didn't accept who I was and I wasn't able to be my true and authentic self until that, that acceptance came. So I kind of want to shift this into, you know, why you had reached out and why I tell, I'm tell, I told everyone before the podcast started, you guys need to sit and listen to this. Mm-hmm. So Samantha reached out because she found peace in relating to me about my childhood. And while I haven't said a lot about it on here yet, and I'm I'm working through it to figure out the words to be able to articulate it. Just based off the little bit that I've said, and I have an episode that I did not share on social media that I that I um, that I launched, and I know I probably know you know which one I'm talking about. Um, I didn't market it, but she heard it. Um, she found peace in just that little bit, and I kind of want to talk about that because reaching out to someone, somebody based off of their trauma and relating to their trauma, and but not creating like this, like oh. I'm sad too, type vibe, but more so like, how can we empower each other? A takes balls and B, um, since I kind of aired out a little bit of my dirty laundry and kind of a little bit of what has gone on in my childhood, let's talk about, let's talk about yours. Like, let's, let's create the the vulnerability together. So um, in our inner email, we had talked just, she, she kind of gave me like a little bit of a backstory. And um, one of the key things that I really relate to Samantha about is the fact that she wasn't necessarily supported in her career, but the caveat, which really kind of blew my mind is 
both of her parents are in the industry. So it's in specific, your father. So you had mentioned that you, your dad didn't support your career, but he was in the industry. Can you talk about that? Why didn't he support it? How did it shape where you are right now? Like, what does that look like? Yeah. So, um, my parents are divorced and, uh, they've been divorced since I was like two years old. Um, and I went to college out of high school because both my parents were in the industry. So when I was younger, people just assumed I was going to do hair or, you know, my dad owns a beauty supply franchise here. It's called, um, state beauty supply, but mm -hmm. I think like California and stuff, it's salon centric, um, mm -hmm. in the bigger States. So he owns that. And then my mom, she now owns a cosmetology school. Wow. And so I, I just wanted to, to make a path for myself that no one expected, I guess, maybe like a little rebel inside of me. Um, so I went to college and I had like 18 hours left. So really not that long. And I decided I didn't know what I wanted to do. Like I, I didn't love any of the options that were in my, my uh, major. So I decided I'm just going to freaking give in and go to cosmetology school because it had always been something like in the back of my head, you know, should I have done that? You know what I mean? Um, and when I told my parents about it, they were both a little disappointed that I was quitting college, you know, like rightfully so. Um, my parents, I'm fortunate in the sense that they paid for my college. I didn't have to take out loans or anything. So I can see the, the disappointment in your money wasted, all that. However, my mom was supportive of me wanting to change careers, but my dad, he wasn't. And, you know, I've, I've thought about why he wasn't. Um, and I really do think it all relates back to, to that disappointment he felt, which is fine. But the toxic part was the way he presented that disappointment. And the way he presented it was... He told me, you know, that I was never going to make it. He told me that I was, you know, dumb. He told me he couldn't believe I got such a letdown to, to him, and, you know, to the family or whatever. And those words hurt, you know, like it, it instilled this like doubt in my whole decision that I was already feeling bad about, you know what I mean? Um, and this stuck with me for I mean, still, sometimes I'll have days where I let it fog my brain, you know, in the moment. Um, and that's the one thing that, like, I wish he would have done different was taking a step back from the moment to really process his feelings before he just spewed them out at me, you know? And I think that's that's something that is, like, a learned behavior through a lot of work, you know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, I early on in my career, I just heard his voice all the time. Like, you're not going to make it. You're never going to, you know, be successful. Like there's so many hairstylists out there. He told me that, you know, hairstylists can't make any money, just all the things, which is crazy being somebody that works in the industry, you know, it's crazy. Yeah. It kind of, it took me for a loop because, you know, I get, I get one, you know, and one, sentence you know family not being supportive about being a hairstylist my family didn't want me to be a hairstylist because they didn't think hairdressers made money my parents are from i'm we're from overseas we're french like we're from europe you know the american dream is not a hairdresser right so i could understand that i could understand like where their frustration comes from because their idea of success looks like the american dream mm -hmm. whereas not having support from the from the inside of the industry like that it's not like your pain's worse than mine, but what the fuck? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, I don't think that like he, he realized the impact of words. Um, but you know, 20, I was 23 years old, I think. Um, that's a hard age anyways. You're kind of like learning who you are and where you're going to go and all the things. And like, I already had this guilt of, of dropping out of college again. And so to, to be received with that level of disappointment um, when I was finally like speaking my truth or like my desire, um, it was really, really hard. And luckily I was able to, to kind of push through that negativity. How'd you do it? How'd you push through that? What did you, do you remember like the moments of when you were going through 
Yeah. So, so I, um, early on, I was working like all the time. Um, and I was doing it to prove to myself, like I was going to succeed, you know? So if clients wanted in on Sundays, like I would go up there, I was doing everything that I preach now not to do to people. Um, I was doing it and it was almost like this, this journey to prove my, my abilities to not only my dad, but to me, because when a parent, when a parent tells you something about yourself, when you're younger, or even when you're older, um, that shit sticks with you. And parents are supposed to be the people that we can trust, you know? And I, I want to mention that my relationship with my dad up to that point hadn't been really the most healthy relationship anyways, looking back at it. Um, and so the not supporting me was just like the final straw. It wasn't the only thing. It was just kind of, I was old enough at that point to realize that all the other things that had happened, I couldn't make excuses for them anymore. Like I can't take the blame for other people's behavior my whole life. Like that's just not good. Um, so yeah, I, I worked and worked and worked because every person that sat in my chair to me was validation that I was going to be okay. You know, and that's ultimately, I just wanted that like security, that feeling of security in my, in my career. I, I like, I'm like, I'm, I feel like I'm looking at a mirror right now, you know, yes. um, as soon as you said, like proving your abilities to yourself and to your parents, it, that's exactly it. Like you just, you kind of just, I, I know I did this. I dove right in head first, you know, coming in on a Sunday or working, you know, past my hours that I offer or, you know, accommodating this, accommodating that would just doing whatever, just to prove to everybody else around me that I will be successful, you know, eat your words basically. Mm -hmm. But did you ever have a moment where you were, you got so caught up in proving that, I don't know, like something fell short or like, I don't say you fucked up, but like you fucked up. No, hundred percent. So I, um, I was married and I am now divorced and I, the reason I'm, we can get into this later. The reason I'm um, ultimately not married isn't like my fault. However, what's my fault in the marriage was I worked, I worked away like that entire phase of my life to where I didn't pick up on the things that were not my fault in the marriage. Um, so a hundred percent, I, I was proving everybody else that I was going to succeed, but I was giving, you know, my marriage pushing back, like it was going on the back burner. It was, um, it was falling short while I was trying to pick up those pieces in my career. Yeah. You found yourself kind of focusing so much on the career and whatever, 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 like you couldn't look at other things, but it didn't really matter because you just needed to prove yourself to get to this thing. And then, you know, subconsciously you're also proving yourself to your partner. Like, Oh, I am this person that you met. Mm -hmm. And, um, turns out they aren't who they are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like it's kind of crazy because, um, you know, my personality very much is like when I'm uncomfortable, I work. When I'm sad, I work. When I'm happy, I work. I love my job. And, you know, I'm sure you can relate. And everybody listening that's a hairstylist, like you, we all know that feeling like it's a hobby. It's a passion. It's it's a everything all in one. And especially with social media, it's just like you can always do something. Um, and so, yeah, I feel like I was trying so hard to prove something, but losing other things along the way, you know, which ultimately it was all this big, like full circle blessing. However, it was a hard couple of years for mm -hmm. sure. In the, um, in the like synopsis of what the fucking mentality is about, I kind of want to read it because people obviously don't get to hear this, but, uh, the fucking mentality is a way of thinking and perspective. I've learned over the years at the end of the day, the only person who knows what's best for me is me. However, in order to give me, to give the best version of myself and actually do what's best for me, I have to put me first. I'm a self-made entrepreneur that experienced immense burnout, lost a lot of relationships by living for other people, neglected my health so much that I now have a permanent spinal injury due to just that, but I made it right. So just that, 
you know, that's so, so true. You, you're, I did it, but like who, I I died along the way, but, but I freaking made it. Damn it. Exactly. Uh There's you're sitting up at the top, but there's no one around you. A hundred percent. And, and, you know, a little bit of that too, that, that kind of plays back to my childhood. I am such an advocate that like, we all are products of our childhood, you know, and, and as an adult now, I see that so much clearer. We heard it all growing up, but it's just so obvious to me now. Um, Both of my parents are workaholics. And so when I was working, 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 and my husband was blaming all of our issues conveniently on my job, which was not the case. Um, I I was like, well, this is just what you do. You know, like I saw my parents, they're both entrepreneurs and, you know, they're very successful and they're self-made. And so I just, I kind of had this vision on both sides of my family where like, that's what you do. You grow up, you get a job, you work, you get to the top. And then, and then what? Like, seriously, it, it's so crazy. Cause it's like, nothing happens after that. Mm-hmm. Like, and at the end of the day, nobody really even gave a shit that I had people sitting in my chair. Really nobody was noticing it except me, you know? And I was dying along the way. Seriously, my health was going to shit. All, just everything you said. It's so true. Um, well, I'm going to write down what you said, but died along the way. I like that. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes we don't realize it until, you know, years and years down the road. Yeah. I uh, I firmly believe that. I believe the sun and the stars and the universe and all that stuff. And I definitely believe that the universe puts you in positions where either you listen or it will make you listen uh-huh. and you get put in these positions, like either listen or not. Right. And for the longest time you chose not to, because you were raised otherwise, mm-hmm. you know, moments I'm sure that you might've had a headache or you had a fever. What did you do? You'd pop some Tylenol. You went to work moments of times where maybe you hadn't eaten in like, I don't know, 12, 13, 14 hours. What did you do? Uh, grabbed a piece of candy, maybe a drink of soda and went back to work. You know, so there's, I, I think back to all these moments just in, in my career too, where all these little things where the, the universe was like, you need to slow down because you're not going in the path that you want to go in, but you just, you lead by example, right? Like you were taught this, this way of life of just hustle, hustle, hustle the fuck out, get to the top. But no one ever talks about who comes with you what what are the signs that you know what did you know that there's more that's going on around you than besides your job you know Mm -hmm. Uh, and I know I personally held a lot of guilt from my from my parents because my mom was like this and I always was like what the fuck man like why can't you just prioritize me over your job and she never would and now you know if she's listening to this she knows I don't I don't speak to her because I have a lot of resentment and a lot of guilt with that because I too have done that. And I'm like, fuck, I like, I would never want anyone to feel the way that I felt, you know, mm-hmm. or the way that you felt when your father was like, you're not going to be anything because you're going to be a hairdresser, even though he's in the industry, mm-hmm. you know? People- yeah, and, and you're so right about like the, the universal shape you like. Um, I thought that, Hey, I realized my dad's toxic. I'm going to cut him off. I'm going to be good. Everything's great it's over. I'm good. My life's going to be positive. But here's the thing. Like if you don't stop and heal and process and go through all the shit, it will come out five years, 10 years, 20 years, 50 years down the freaking road. And I would have never thought about this, but like when I got a divorce, I remember sitting there um, with my ex-husband in the emergency room. And I remember I had like this, I still can feel the, the feeling. Um, I had like this out of body experience. Um, at the time my body was, had broken out in rashes, hives. Like I, I literally had shit all over me, like red bumps. Um, I was having like chronic pain in my hip. My body was like, wake up girlfriend, like something's not right. Um, so I remember sitting there in the hospital room that day and thinking to myself, like, holy shit, like both of the men in my life have just betrayed me have lied to me, have manipulated me, have essentially like used me, I guess. Um, and I remember thinking if I don't 
do something now in me, like I'm going to keep living the same pattern over and over and over. And I can, like I said, I can still remember that feeling. And it was really like, I came out of my body and looked down on myself and was like shaking my own self, wake up, it's time. And I mean, I had to, I had to just change. I had to put a stop to the pattern. I call that your aha moment. Mm-hmm. It, there's a, there's in anybody that, that I've, I've noticed that I've interviewed that I've talked to, um, they have this thing that's like very pivotal point in their life. And it, it's, it's a moment. It's not, it's not a duration of things. It's a specific moment where it just, it clicks, you wake up mm-hmm. and you realize, fuck, like, what have I been doing? I have got to get out of this. I cannot live like this because you were strong enough to know better, but it was so cloudy at the time that you couldn't see through the clouds, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that was, that was your aha moment. So your aha moment was sitting in this, in this room with your ex-husband and kind of realizing what the fuck have I got myself into? Yeah. And, and even more than that, how did I get here? Like, how did I, how did I miss all of this? You know, and, and anybody that's, so my ex-husband had a drug overdose. So anybody that has, um, dealt with that, you know, I would have never, ever in a million years been able to understand how people could not know someone was using drugs behind their back. Well, the universe was like, guess what, girlfriend? It's about to happen to you, you know? Um, And now I 100% know manipulative people are really good at what they do. Mm -hmm. And I married my ex-husband thinking he was not like my dad because on the outside, he wasn't. He, He didn't belittle me. He didn't talk down to me. But on the inside, he was sneaky and manipulative and he lied and you know it's just crazy because um like I said if you don't do the work internally on yourself like the common denominator becomes you you know yeah if you're not careful and I've, I've had to come to the terms with that and ask myself all the questions like why did I choose this person and again it goes all the way back to your childhood and things that you you pushed down instead of faced um yeah you are what you attract you you are exactly what people cling to you know Mm -hmm. like those people that are you cling to you even though you're like what the hell but it's such a reality check because you have to look yourself in the mirror and be like well why did I like them in the first place oh because they have a lot of characteristics that I have Mm -hmm. and we share commonalities and it's like damn I share a commonality with that person you know it's so humbling Uh uh-huh yeah It'll make you snap out of it real quick. Oh, real fast. If, if you are emotionally and intelligently, intelligently, oh my gosh, emotionally aware and have emotional intelligence enough to say, oh shit, this Mm -hmm. is, this is not good. Yeah. And honestly, I think that because my divorce was about five months, six months, maybe before like the lockdown of COVID and everything. And I don't know, truly, I don't know if I would have done what I needed to do if my work wasn't shut down. Right. I'm avoidant. I'm very avoidant. We all I don't want to feel that shit. I don't want to think about it. Um, but, you know, when everything's taken from you and you're locked in a house and you're by yourself, I mean, what else do you do? So I just started reading and, and looking shit up and really answering hard questions that nobody wants to have to answer, but you have to. So 2020 seemed like a very pivotal year for you. Hmm. Um, traumatic divorce, resurfacing trauma, and then the world shut down. So kind of hitting base on what you're saying, you know, how could you focus on anything? Now you, now you have to, because everything's been stripped away from you. So how did you, how did you stay strong through this? Uh, explain what you went through. Um, I'm kind of reading like what I wrote, but do you feel like this was, I, obviously this is like, well, no, actually this is before your aha moment. So this was like the, the catalyst to your aha moment. Um, yeah. Like what, what went on in that period of time that has kind of like molded to where you are right now? Like not even just as um, an individual, but how it's just changed everything around you. That's a loaded question, but <laughs> yeah. So I um I probably don't give him enough credit, but my the my boyfriend now, I have been we went to school together. So I've known him for a long, long time. 
Oh my God. And I kind of like you and your, your, yes. <laughs> yeah. So see, like we, um, we were friends in high school, you know, we kind of dated nothing serious. And then we didn't talk for, I don't know, a few years. Like he moved off and got a job and I got married and all the things, but it's so crazy because, um, when he was home for holidays, he would stop in and like get some hair product. He's really into his hair and, you know, he's, um, he's honestly probably better at it than I am. Um, but he would stop in and, you know, make excuses to see me or whatever, just for two seconds, but it was never anything like weird or crossing any lines. So it's so crazy because in the emergency room that day, when I felt like, holy shit, what's going on? It is so weird, but like, he was the person that like, I thought about, like, I, I need to talk to someone. And he was who I, I called. Um, and, you know, he had probably heard through the grapevine. We're in a small town. Like he probably heard what happened. He had moved back um, to this area pretty recently, like around that time, which is convenient, you know, um, and how I healed through that time was we like, he lived about an hour from me. So we had to decide, were we going to quarantine apart or together, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, let's just quarantine together. Like, screw it. You know, I'm not, I'm not really looking for anything serious. Like nothing. We're just friends. Yeah. Well, so he essentially, I didn't feel any judgment from him. I didn't feel, I didn't feel like I had to hold back. Like he came into my life when I was like broken and he knew it. And I didn't, withhold any of my emotion and literally like I don't give him enough credit but like he helped me more than I think he even knows um I think if I would have talked to anybody else than someone I'd known my whole life pretty much I wouldn't have been so vulnerable and his personality is so non-judgmental you know he just really wants to help you and, and help you get through things and he's just I've never really talked about him on any podcast I've done, but he's going to be happy to hear that. Like he's the real, the real MVP here. He, he asked me the hard questions. He made me answer them. He didn't let me, you know, escape it or avoid it. He told me some books to read, to heal myself. I mean, he was just so good, almost like my little therapist. And then he encouraged me to hire someone, like I mentioned, that helped me film that power piece, that power video. Um, And speak my truth, the shit I've been holding in for, I think I was 30 years old when I released it. So for 30 years, I just held in all of this hurt and pain. And, um, you know, that only hurts me. Mm -hmm. So my boyfriend was the real, the real winner here of that story. Uh, I'll give him credit, but I also give you credit too, because it takes the person to reach out. Just saying. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, he just, he was the, um, it's just weird how the universe and everything kind of kept popping him into my life. Like he was going to be a real big part of it, you know? Yeah. The, those that there's like that. I was talking about somebody else. There's like a, we were talking about like habits, right? Like, like a thing, thing that we, we would do, like we would, you do it for a while and then it, it, you know, it becomes boring. So then you stop doing it, but that habit you always end up doing when things get hard or things get bored. Right. So it sounds like this person is always there. He's kind of, he's like that habit, that thing, like you did when you were a kid, I don't know, like drawing on a wall. I'm just, uh-huh. just an example. You've always drawn on walls when you're sad or upset. Like even as an adult, you always draw on walls. Right. Well, then one day you finally are like, well, I'm actually kind of good at drawing. Maybe I should turn this into a career. Right. Uh-huh. I think of people that are like that in your life. Well, maybe I should build a better relationship with them and not just go to them when I need them. Yes. They might be what I need to, grow and to be healthy and to like I truly believe you can heal in relationships people are like oh you have to be healed to be no you don't because you can't heal yourself Mm-mm. those people are asking you the hard questions they are telling you the things you don't want to hear they are seeing you from a different perspective that you won't understand because you see yourself as one way and like you said like mm-hmm. there's people in your life that already know you they already have like this biased opinion but he doesn't Right. And that's like my, my favorite thing about him is that he calls me out when I'm avoidant. He right. calls me out when I run. And, you know, I, I do think that, um, like what you said, you have to be healed to be, you can't heal in a relationship. Like I agree. I think that 
whether it be the person you end up marrying later down the road or just somebody that's for a short time, like there are people in your life that you're just comfortable with that you can open up to. And that's definitely what he was to me. And I think that, I think had I gotten on um, dating apps, like and gotten in a relationship with somebody, I probably would have never healed because I would have had to explain to that person, my dad, my marriage, like what, like it just would have been so much, you know, and he already kind of knew a little bit. Mm -hmm. He knew enough to where I felt comfortable telling him more and more and more, you know? Mm -hmm. Hey there. Um, I totally just lost my train of thought. Jason's that person for me too. Jason didn't really, he didn't know my childhood, but he knew me enough to know a lot of things about like who I was. Mm -hmm. Um, and him too. Like when I told him I was, I was still married when we started dating, I guess. Um, I was separated. We were going through the divorce, but I would say like 20 days after we met each other, my divorce finalized. Me too. Oh, that's so cool. I mean, I mean, <laughs> well, we, not cool, but like, we already knew each other, but, um, right. I always say I gave myself 30 days because for 30 days I was sleeping on my mom's floor in her room, like on a blow up mattress, like depressed as shit, like couldn't function, couldn't live. Um, after that 30 days, my mom's like, girlfriend, you have got to talk to somebody. Like you've got to go eat dinner with somebody. You've got to talk on the phone. Like you've got to be a human. Mm -hmm. She's like, and it's all starting with tonight. You're going to stay at your own house. You know, right. I'm like, you don't love me. You don't want to help me anymore. And she's like, no, I just can't enable that. Like, I'm so thankful she did that. You know, otherwise I'd still be living on her grant on her floor. Seriously. Right. Because I was comfortable there. But when she said, you know, you don't have to date somebody, just call someone. John was who I called. And it, I always say I gave myself 30 days, but that was all like, after that, we've yeah. pretty much been inseparable. Yep. That's Jay and I too. It, I mean, granted we were long distance, but still there I feel like those who like, there's a common thread be between people who have this type of trauma. Uh -huh. and of course, trauma is a huge spectrum, but I'm just speaking in specific to our specific trauma of like the childhood and like non-supportive parents and, you know, things of that nature, especially with our father, there's this common thread that you can be down, but you're not down for long uh -huh. because again, you will prove yourself to yourself at this point. It's no longer to anybody else. You prove yourself to yourself. I will not allow this to be who I am. You know, uh -huh. I will not allow this toxic divorce to be, to be a defining moment of my life. I will heal through it. I will be sad because it's good to be sad. It's good to feel those emotions. But what is my next step to getting out of this and progressing forward? Because I have, I have shit to do. I have a journey that I'm on. I have a career to build. Like I have a house to clean. Like I have, you know, whatever the case, people to meet, whatever the case may be. And the common thread that I've always heard or that I've, I'm seeing now with people like this is, yeah, you might be down and you can be down, but it's not for long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Life goes on. Life goes on. Bills keep coming in. And, and that's the thing about any trauma, you know, death or divorce or whatever, like shit goes on around you, even though you feel like your world is halted, you know, and the sun goes up and comes down every single day and, and life happens and continues on. And, you know, you can either lay in bed and, and let it define you, or you can get up and grow from it. And that's really kind of what it came down to. And uh, I'm just really thankful that my mom, she's done the work on herself, you know, and, and having her there to, to tell me to take a shower, to tell me to, you know, change clothes, to put makeup on for a day when I was just down, down, down that someone like that in your life, um, everybody needs at least one person like that to help support them. And hopefully everybody has that. I just made an up. That's so funny. I just made an episode yesterday about how different your life becomes when you finally have support, mm -hmm. whether it comes from friends or it comes from a partner, um, your life totally changes when you actually have people in your corner. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I, I want to dissect, like, what does it look like? What does it sound like? Cause sometimes you think people are in your corner and you're like, ah, it's this whole thing, but absolutely. I think everybody deserves to have people in their corner enough to help them out of these situations. Um, and that it, when you do have that, just how, how much better life becomes when you swallow your pride and recognize you need help because that also comes with having people in your corner is sometimes your ego needs to go put it back down 
because you know you're not you can't do this alone like you need help you know you look you need john you need your mom you need these people that are in your life to continue to propel you because you you've propelled yourself so far alone for so long right mm-hmm. but you can't do it alone anymore yeah and it goes all the way back to what we said at the beginning like that facade like the one thing that my younger clients that are still in high school that I always tell them is um, what people show you on the outside, whether it be online, in person, whatever, it's not always their insides. And I think that if more people would just take that into consideration when maybe someone is hateful to them or maybe someone cuts them off in the car and they let that really get to them, like, those people may be dealing with things inside that we're unaware of. And I think that just like patience and kind of just trying to understand something that maybe we'd have no clue about. I think that the world needs more of that, you know, and that's why I try to tell all the younger clients of mine, like, Hey, maybe she was rude to you, or maybe she did this to you because of something going on at home. You really never know. And we hear that when we're younger by certain people and we're like, whatever, like life's not that hard, but life is freaking hard. It really, really is. And I think that, like you said, having those people in your corner, like it builds confidence in you. And with that confidence, you're able to, to show your true and authentic, like vulnerable side, as well as um, and no longer have to have that guard up, you know, I feel like for so long, I was just this guarded person who was like, I don't know, showing like a hateful side of myself, trying to seem strong when really I was, I was not strong at all. I was dying on the inside. Mm-hmm. My mom used to call me hateful all the time, all the time. And I'm like, you know, I'm over here just trying to survive, dude. And I never really understood why she used to call me hateful. Until I, you know, I started healing and started, I started realizing, fuck, I kind of am, Uh but it it takes a level of looking at yourself in the mirror and being like, why am I hateful? Oh, it's because I'm sad. You're protecting yourself. I'm protecting myself. And now through healing and through this thing, I've learned this level of understanding for myself and also other people that I never had space for before, but now I do. Yeah. And, and, you know, the craziest thing too, the one thing that I wish I would have known sooner was what you said earlier about your body and and things are yelling at you to wake up sometimes. Um, it's so crazy, but when I filed for divorce, all the, the rashes on my body, they went away. And I mean, went away, like leading up to that point, I was on all these like antibiotic, like ointments and all this stuff trying to heal it. My hip doesn't hurt anymore. I have no rashes. It it literally just like went away. It's crazy. Um, I, I don't know. I think that there's a book called The Body Keeps the Score. And it talks about that. How if you hold on to trauma, it will quite literally start coming out through your body because you're not understanding. And I think that um, if more people kind of realize that, it might save them some time. I know for me, I would have been like, oh, shit what is going on to make me have this rash all of a sudden that I've never had in my whole life. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's something that isn't talked about enough. So to kind of like circle this back and, you know, just speaking to the journeys that we've both obviously gone on. Samantha and I have started in the industry at the same time. We grew up in the social media world. We grew up in a, in a world where, being self-made and being an entrepreneur and all that, it was really enticing. And it was what we do. And we, it's what we do now. But I think the common thread that we both realized that you can still be self-made an entrepreneur and be this badass woman, but you don't need to be the cold, hard, you know, I'm an independent woman, bitch, basically. And it, a bitch to yourself. And I don't mean bitch in like a condescending way. I mean, bitch in like, you are so afraid of everything else that you put up the facade, like kind of what we're saying. And this is to anybody that's self-made and that's an entrepreneur and that wants to pursue this type of career. It is so important to actually get a grip on who you are before you decide to go down this path. Because very, I'm very, very fortunate, very, I'm so proud of myself to that I recognize this at, I'm 26. So, I, and I recognize this at 23 
um, that I had to get a grip. I had to, I had to get a hold cause that's when my spine, I mean, I will have this, this injury is permanent. So to be there for the rest of my life, but at 23, I was faced either I'm paralyzed for the rest of my life or I get a fucking grip, you know? Um, so I think my common thread with this is get a grip on reality before life gets a grip on you. And if you want to keep propelling forward and you want to be this badass bitch, blah, 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 I promise you, if you continue the facade, you will get to the top alone. And there is no top. There is no top. There's no such thing as the top. No, there's really not. This fucking, I'm going to get angry for just two seconds, but this fucking idea that a lot of creators perceive and that they sell is get to the top, six figure stylist and da, 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 and like all this shit. And I'm like, stop doing that. There is no such thing. There is no such thing as being the best, the best of the best. Cause I promise you the day that you cannot absorb any more knowledge is the day that your career ends. And that goes across the board. So if there's anything to take away either one of us, we are looked at as strong independent women and we are, but I'll be damned if we're not perfect. I'll be damned if we had this journey to get there and we're still continuing forward, but there is no top. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, um, Social media has quite literally uh, changed my my life, my career, my everything. I've gotten so many opportunities out of it. But I'm telling you, like, right now at the point I am in my career, I still, like, nothing changes. Like, when you hit 10,000 followers, a ball doesn't fall out of the sky and give you all this money. When you hit 100,000 followers, nothing happens to you. When you hit 200,000, nothing happens. Like, now I'm almost at 250,000 and nothing is happening. Like shit is not happening that we, we just assume will, we'll be successful when we get here. You know, we'll start trying harder when we get here. It's like, no, you won't. Because guess what? Like no number is ever going to be good enough. If you are not like mentally stable or um, healed or whatever you want to call it. Like a number at the top of your Instagram profile is not who you are. And I think that as a society, it's really easy these days to get wrapped up in that. Don't you? Like, I think that it's so common. Um, I like all the things that you're saying. So I'm like, I'm trying to like write them down. <laughs> oh, you are IG. It's not you. Yes. Uh, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say while you were writing that down, like at all the classes and the things that I've done, like, the most common question that I've been asked is, um, you know, how do I get to where you are? And it's like, well, first of all, where I am is no different than where you are a hundred percent. And that's what I very first start off by telling people. Um, I'm kind of at this like weird spot now where for years, like for the last three years, I wanted to win a one shot award behind the chair and I won it, but guess what? No ball fell out of the sky again. Like I'm still a human being in Oklahoma, like living my truth. Like, I don't know. I just, I wish that I could tell my younger self, like, Hey, work hard, do what you want, but do it for, for reasons that aren't, um, what's it called? Like what society wants of you, you know, like don't do it to, to just kind of look cool, I guess, you know, your Instagram followers don't make you look cool. Get those Instagram followers because you're building a community, whether it's 1000 or 100,000, it, it truly doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And you kind of, you kind of answered the question that I was going to ask, how has this shifted your, your mindset behind the chair? And you kind of answered it. You, you know, once you quickly realize, like, once you go through all this shit and recognize like what has happened, you realize that like what society or like what the hair community or whoever, for that matter, what they want doesn't matter. It, what matters is what you want. Mm-hmm. If you want to live under a rock, then so fucking be it. You know, like if you want to build this community of people, build a community of people because you want to build it, not because you want stature or you want a following or you want your numbers or whatever the fucking case may be. Do it because of who you are and what you believe in, not because of what everyone else is telling you what to do. A hundred percent. And like, I'll be the first to admit it. When I, um, when I started on Instagram in 2018, that's when my marriage started going south and I was using it as an escape and my page was growing, growing, growing like crazy. And I was just trying to get that number because the number again led in my brain to success. 
but now, you know, I've got all this community, but now I'm trying to shift things to, to more of the, the mental health side, the vulnerability side, the, all that. I'm still a hairstylist. I still educate about hair, but at the same time, I want to show people that, that have followed me for years and years that I am just like everyone else. I may be more insecure and fearful and worried and scared than a lot of people. And, you know, that's just who I am as a person. Mm -hmm. Like that was instilled in me from, and I battle it every day. And I think that showing people, um, showing people that from somebody who you would think quote unquote has succeeded or her has made it, whatever the hell that means. Um, I just think that that's what I was put in this position to do. And it would be wrong of me to not, to not help people with, with the platform that I've been given, you know? Right. That you've built, mm-hmm. you built it and you built it the way you, you, and it's not to shame anybody who's built a platform in like a fake way. I'm not saying you have, but just in, in general, it's not to, it's not to shame those people that have, that have built this platform off of facetiousness, right? Mm-hmm. It's to celebrate when they recognize, oh man, I really haven't been honest. I'd like to shift things. And it's, it's that reason why I'm saying that is I'm in that position where now I've, I've built a smaller, I'm smaller, but regardless, I built a platform and I quickly realized I got burnt out really fast uh, because I was trying to keep up with the Joneses. And I swore to myself that I would never do that. And fortunately I only did it for a couple of months for me to quickly realize like, this is not for me. Um, and that the community that I've built is based off of, it's based off of who I am, mental health, ADHD, um, my life, my divorce, my trauma, my shit like that. Um, and I swear this up and down. I want to die as Lisa G. I don't want to die as a hairdresser. I remember you saying that on your story the other day. Mm -hmm. While I want to empower the hair community because they, we need more people like us that will empower people not necessarily just shove shit down their throat, but to empower them and to remind them that they are still a person. Um, But I too am still human. So I like talking about my truths. I like talking about my, my past and creating that vulnerability. That's how I, that's how we have met, you know, just by being honest. I think it's so good too, that you're realizing that now, like you said, because um, you know, for anybody out there now who like feels like their Instagram is, I hear this a lot, like it's not performing like it used to or whatever. Also know that it comes in like these waves. Okay. So, so like right now I'm making a shift in my page. Um, and anytime you make a shift, whether it be the content you're posting or whatever it is, um, you're gonna, you're gonna lose some people and that's okay. Um, because you want to only have the people on there for who you are in this moment, not who you were five years ago or three years ago, whatever. Um, and I know for me that as I'm making this shift, that's, I'm seeing it in real time. Um, but I know again, that this is what I was put on earth to do. And I know that I've been through all the shit to do this. And so it's like in those times where you start questioning yourself, think of your why and, and your reason. Mm-hmm. Think of uh, as you grow, your brand grows. And if people, I scream this to my stylist in the salon, people don't book you because you're a hairdresser. They book you because of who you are, who Mm -hmm. you believe in, what you say, what you wear, what you smell like. It's not about doing hair. Like, Mm -hmm. let's remove that, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I I, I would love to actually do a, another interview, but just discussing social media and discussing like this shift for you. Cause I am also in the same shift. I would love to yeah. do a totally separate episode about that. I would love to as well. And I, cause real quick, one thing I saw you post the other day that you took a break because you were feeling yourself getting, um, doing what everyone else was doing. And it's like the fact that you at 26 know to do that, like give yourself credit for that, you know, like 26 is still so young. Like I'm 32 and I feel like from 26 to 32, a lot of shit happened. And it's just like, 
you know, you can always get down on yourself about like what I wish I had done different. I wasted time, blah, blah, blah. But the fact that you're realizing this now and um, you're able to like, just be that self-aware, like that's really awesome. Well, thank you. Yeah. It's hard to say thank you. So thank you. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I know it is hard to accept. I'm always like, yeah, but still <laughs> like, yeah, but I got, I kind of just have to do that anyway. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I appreciate that. Cause I, um, I work with Morella Minnelli. Um, I used to work with Kenra. I used to work with a lot of other like big people. And um, that was kind of like the number one thing that Morella has driven home with me as I've worked with her just for a year. Um, you know, don't do things if it doesn't feel right. You know, don't just do it just to do it. And um, that's that's helped me build the brand that I wanted because I found myself putting myself in this box mm-hmm. that wasn't right. But that's a totally separate topic. We, I definitely want to discuss this in a totally different episode. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I do want to ask this question. If you could tell our listeners uh, one thing that's helped you shape who you are now, what would it be? What's your, what's been your biggest lesson during this growing process? Yeah, my biggest, ugh, just everything oh. that I think we've <laughs> talked about has been my biggest lesson, but honestly, like, just sitting down early on in your career as early as you can and writing down a why, um, that is going to help you in ways that you'll never be able to understand until, until you're like, until you regret not doing it. You know what I mean? I didn't do that because when I started Instagram, I, I started it to avoid what was happening in life. And Um, I've kind of just had to go through things in real time and, and figure out my why way later. Um, so I think that anybody that can just sit down and and take that week off Instagram or, you know, whatever they need to come to terms with who they are inside and not let that energy while social media is so good, not let other people tell them who to be. Um, I know it's easier said than done, but I think that the way that the world is shifting with mental health is going to be a good thing. Um, I think that younger generations now are realizing that they can be whatever they want. And that's such a positive change. Um, Cause I know for so long it was, you just did what everyone told you to do. Mm-hmm. It's easier. Sorry. It's easier just to follow everybody else instead of be yourself. It's a really scary thing to be yourself, but what's even scarier is to not be yourself and then end up, at 30, 30, at a young age of 30 being like, what have I been doing my whole life? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now I feel like I'm working double time to make up for all the lost time, you know, but at the same time, like, again, I love what I do. And so I love doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that had I put those healthy, um, habits in place early on, I could have, um, come up with better systems along the way. I, it just would have really helped to prevent burnout because a lot of people, when you get burnout, you don't come back from it. Um, and so to anyone that's a new stylist or whatever, like staying true to yourself and you're not emotional discounting, um, just all the things, really sticking to your hours and, and being firm in those while it's hard in the, in the moment and people will try to guilt trip you, you, you are the only person that you are guaranteed to wake up with for the rest of your life. Like you can find an amazing husband and, or an amazing wife or whatever the case is, but something could change in the blink of an eye. You know, you are the only person that you're going to wake up with forever. And so if you are happy, life will just flow as normal from there. Um, so I guess that's the message. Remember that, you know, you're only responsible for yourself. Mm-hmm. And also, too, if anyone's listening to this as well, you have two two creators who have gone through the journey of social media. While, you know, sometimes I can think of it as like, oh, we just sound like we're parents and we're nagging, like, oh, go do this, you know, do this. But when there are two creators who are vulnerable, able to be vulnerable enough to anyone who's listening or anyone who wants to listen, take it and listen, we know that it's hard. We know that it's, it's very easy to get caught up. We know this, we've been through it, but we, I can speak on behalf of both of us. We don't want to see burnout. We don't want to see the mental health exploitation. Basically, we don't want to see 
you know, these stylists leaving the industry because they they did what everyone else told them to do. I know I don't want to see it. And I know Samantha doesn't. You know, we want to build a community of hairdressers that are strong and empowered and, and true to themselves. So when we say these things, we know how hard they are. But just listen, do the hard work. Take that st- take that step back and figure out why the hell are you in this industry? But don't don't just chase the money. Don't just chase the clout. Don't just chase what everybody else does. If you aren't doing it for you, you're doing it for other people and that will fall short. 100%. Couldn't agree more. Um, Well, this was definitely a juicy episode. Uh, This was awesome. Yeah, we have to do a social media one again because seriously, that's a, um, I could go on for days about that. I will be planning that. So don't worry. (laughs) Um, Samantha, thank you so fucking much for even coming on here and just talking about this uh speaking your truth i know is such a beautiful thing and thank you for being honest and transparent about what's going on in your life um i know that our listeners value that and um they value hearing other big creators who have been successful and who have done it work the top dogs you know that they are still just real people because we are mm-hmm. um all of her, all Samantha's information will be in the description below where the hell to find her, how to follow her, look at her tips and tricks that she has on her social media. Um, I've always loved her content. So, um, guys, thank you so much for listening to this. Stay tuned for another episode with Samantha. We'll be talking about social media and how she built her success, how she's gotten to where she is and also how she's transitioning out of it, basically, um, how empowering that can be. But Make sure you listen and subscribe. Yes, you subscribe to the podcast. Yes, we're available everywhere. Tell your friends. Send this to your hair homie. If they're struggling with social media, if they're struggling with just their identity, um, share this because you want to. Share this because you believe in us as Samantha and Lisa. But uh, stay tuned for another episode of The Fucking Mentality. Okay, bye. I love you all.